Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and this is podcast number 180. I know I said that last week. I was wrong. Last week was not 180, it was 179. I screwed up. Today is podcast number 180, and I'm thrilled to interview Jimmy McKay. He is a former radio DJ turned physical therapy student and the host of the PT Pintcast. So if you have not listened to the PT Pintcast, I suggest you head over to iTunes and search for it. My interview, I think, is number five. I was in sort of that original six-pack that he released back in September. It's doing gangbusters, so we're all really psyched for him and for the PT Pintcast. It's a lot of fun, Um, and it's all about kind of sitting... Uh, discussing PT things over a pint of beer. When I did my interview with him, I was probably the only person thus far on the PT Pintcast who wasn't drinking um, because I had a patient at 7 in the morning the next morning, and I'm not a big drinker to begin with. But um, during this interview, I do sit down and have a beer because I didn't want to feel like a double loser and not have a drink with Jimmy. So during this interview, we sat down over a beer and we discussed, amongst other things, the National Student Conclave, which took place a couple of weeks ago in Omaha, Nebraska. We talk about how he is prepping for the end of his physical therapy student life and jumping into his life as a licensed working physical therapist, his biggest challenges as a student, And we talk about the PT Pinecast, how it got started, and where he sees it going in the future. What is his vision for the PT Pinecast? So we had a lot of fun. It's a really great interview. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, Oh, and as a special bonus, there's a little bonus quickie interview um, that I think I'm going to release this Thursday, the 12th of November. And it was sort of after the formal interview was over, Jimmy and I just kind of kept talking And um, we recorded a little bit, which I think is a lot of fun. Get a better insight into who he is as a person and maybe a little bit on me, but I don't think so. And then we were trying to figure out what do we call this little interview after the interview. So anyway, I hope you enjoy that little quickie. Um, Now, moving on to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Community Board. For all of you physical therapy students, if you have purchased your early bird registration ticket for CSM in 2016 in Anaheim, California, hop over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, click on the scholarship tab, and enter to win your registration paid for by me. Why wouldn't you if you've already paid for it? Um, I will be announcing the winner on... The 11th, that's Wednesday. I will be announcing live at the PPS conference in Orlando, Florida. Maybe we'll have a special guest uh, choose the winner out of a hat. I haven't quite decided yet, but I think I might do that. Um, And we'll probably do it live on Periscope. So I'll figure out a time um, and and we'll do it. And I'll let you all know on Twitter. So make sure you're following me on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC. But if you have already purchased your early bird registration, you want to get it paid for, hop on over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, click on the scholarship tab, and enter. It's super easy. And then you can double your chances of winning, and you can apply for a scholarship through Entropy Physiotherapy. That's doctors Sandy Hilton and Sarah Haig. And I think they picked their winner December 1st. So you've got time, people. Get out there. Try and get it paid for. Why wouldn't you? Okay, so enough about all of that. Uh, please enjoy today's uh, podcast and interview with Jimmy McKay. Hey, everyone. So I am sitting here with Jimmy McKay. He is the host of the PT Pintcast, and he's a third-year DPT student. So welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I've been on yours, and now you're on mine. Oh, man. It's like, I'll show you yours, you show me mine. Yeah. Wait, no. Scratch Wait that a second. Scratch that. that no, it's cool. Out- Th- no, I'm just kidding. I-, I wanted to thank you. You know, we started our podcast, and you were one of the, you know, one of the first people I interviewed, and uh, you know, we didn't even have a podcast, so it was hard to invite you on the show, and I'm like, I'm going to have a show. I promise. It'll, it'll be a thing. And you were just nice enough to, uh, to agree to talk before anybody else. So I wanted to say thank you first off. Oh, my pleasure. It was fun. It's an honor to be in the first six-pack 
yeah. of, uh, of shows. And, you know, I actually listened to your latest episode today, The Young Man Who Had yeah. the Stroke. I mean, that was pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. How, where, I mean, so right now he's preparing to go to physical therapy assistant school. If anyone has not listened to it, go to the PT Pintcast and listen to the latest episode. What was his name again? So his name's Garrett Mendez. Yeah. He was a he's a, a buddy of mine. So a guy I also had on the podcast mm-hmm. named John DeNoyles. He's a, a PT. I've known him for lo- you know a decade. Known his wife since we were in high school together. So interviewed John, and then he's like he listened to his own episode and the others your six your episode from the original six pack. He's like, now I know you only interview PTs and stuff like that. That's kind of the vein of your show. But I had a patient who had a brainstem stroke, locked in syndrome, um, could only move at one point just his left left eyeball going blink and move his left eyeball. I was like, that's the stuff that horror movies are made of. Mm-hmm. He's like, but this guy, this kid's got a great story. He went through PT, OT, and speech, did the whole works, came out of the stroke, um, wound up working with my friend John during, uh, during when he was coming out of locked-in syndrome. And he loved PT so much uh, specifically. He's going to be a PTA right now. Um, because of how severe his stroke was, he's really only allowed to, only able to take one class at a time. So mm-hmm. the night I was talking to him, he had just finished his first anatomy and physiology test, and he was all pumped. He's like, this is great, you know, 206 bones in the body. Mm-hmm. This is going to be awesome. But he's also a public speaker. He goes to Sacred Heart University and lets the PT students who are practicing there feel tone and, you know, see what drop foot really looks like. You know, you don't have to fake it. So he's, I mean, already giving back to a physical therapy profession that helped him just by literally donating his body right now to, to, to PT students so they can feel what a patient will feel like. And that's kind of invaluable. Yeah. And he's, and it should be noted, he's 29. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it was, it was such a good episode. I'm, and, and I like having the patient perspective. I enjoy that. I've had a couple of patient, I have one coming up on Monday. Well, we're recording this. It's like two days to Halloween. Um, right. so I have one coming out on Monday. That's the, a patient perspective who has CRPS. And I mean, it, you know what I found, and this is, and, and I'm going to mention this on Monday, but what I found, I've interviewed him. I interviewed a young guy who went to my high school in Pennsylvania and he was injured in a football game and became a paraplegic at the age of 14. He's now just graduated from high school or I'm sorry, from college. He's going on to law school. Um, but the, the interesting thing is, is that after these sort of catastrophic, and, and they are catastrophic injuries, it seems to me that these people, at least the ones that, that I've spoken to, have kind of found their purpose. And they've found, you know, their, their meaning and what they, well, maybe what they're here to do. And, and I know that's not with everyone, of course. Right. But the people that I've spoken to, it's, it's pretty amazing and it's pretty um, powerful that it, it sort of takes this horrible thing and they're on the path of where they, they maybe they're meant to be. Um, not meant to be because God, God forbid no one's ever meant to be right. catastrophically injured. But instead of just sort of rolling over or accepting accepting they've excelled and i think that that's really interesting and that's what uh, that's what i took from your interview with um with that young Garrett. man Garrett. yeah he yeah. Uh, what i really wanted to get and i really wanted him to hone in on like what did it feel like you know what what was good what was bad what can we tell people cuz we you know i don't care how experienced of a clinician you are he was the guy laying in that bed 24 hours a day. And he really, like you said, had the attitude of like, well, I treated it like a hockey game. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like I just wanted to give it my all. And, you know, it was kind of bad, but I got through it. I'm like, no way, man. There's no way you were laying in there in that bed with that attitude. I'm like, you got that attitude now, and I'm jealous. That's a great attitude. And he's like, well, yeah, I had some ups and downs. I go, you had to have a ton, of course. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, that, that kind of attitude is just refreshing. You know, yeah. I'm like, I want to be like this guy. This guy just has his priorities on straight, you know. I mean, I have a test coming up. I'm all bummed out. But really, that's that's your biggest worry? No. I mean, Garrett is the kind of guy who's like, put this in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to just say that. It definitely gives you perspective and and kind of lets maybe you look inward at yourself and seeing, well, what what do I get all worked up about? And why – Not and it's comparing apples to oranges, but it does kind of let you look into yourself and, and – 
kind of realize how much you have to be thankful for and grateful yeah. for. And then you go on with your day, you know, like not a day goes by that I don't say 10 things I'm grateful for. Yeah. And it, they're not big things, you know, and that was sort of an exercise that my life coach years ago got me into. And it's great. It does make you happier. I will say that and, and hopeful. But like yesterday, it was like pouring rain here in New York City. And so I did like, you know, I do my quick thank yous. And it was like, thank you for my umbrella. I mean, right. you know, because it's it so it doesn't have to be like a big, gigantic thank you all the time. But I find that and then you think about people like this or they're like, I'm just thankful to be walking and thankful to be moving on with my life and and excelling. And it's anyway, it was a great interview. So well done. Good thank on, you very much. Good on you. OK, so we'll get to today's. We'll get to our interview now. So, like I said, you're a third-year student. Where Where are you at? Uh, Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, so about three miles from the White House. Oh, nice. I was there this past weekend, last weekend. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you were just at the National Student Conclave, which was in Omaha? Omaha. Omaha, right Nebraska. There in middle America. Yes. The Counting Crows song Counting about Crows, it. Counting Crows, I know. Um, Okay, so I've never been to student, I, I have never been to this National Student Conclave. So first of all, why did you go? And second of all, what would you say to people who have never been? Why should they go? Yeah, so I've been to two next conferences before, and I think I think conferences are great because if you ever kind of lose that spark for like why you're doing it or, you know, I know students were just kind of around the same people day in and day out. And it's good to kind of rub elbows with people who are doing the same thing, but always approaching it from a different direction. So the energy is kind of cool, meeting people from all over. I mean, you don't really go into physical therapy and uh, not want to be around people. I don't think that there are many PTs that are successful who don't want to be around people. It just kind of comes with the territory. So why did I want to go to National Student Conclave? Um, I had a, a classmate who was running for a national position, and since it was so far away, I figured you know a couple of us should go. Uh, doing the podcast, setting that up, I figured it was a great opportunity to be essentially in front of um, some people who I thought would be my potential audience mm -hmm. you know, going forward. A bunch of students who are about to graduate and be PTs, a bunch of educators and uh, some people presenting and was able to talk to a few of those presenters. And yeah, you talked to Corey Zimney, right? Corey Zimney. How I great talked to, uh, is he? he? Is he just like the nicest guy? Super nice guy. God, he's he's got this, this I, I would say he's got a speed about him. He's very, very – he ne never rushed and always to the point. Yeah. And he gets there and you're like, oh, and it's so easy to listen to yeah. when he's discussing like pain. And yeah, I brought yeah. you up during the episode. I said, Karen, let's see, suggested these people already to me. So I'm hearing these people must be really, really good. He was talking about where he gets – where he was getting some of his, his information, his research. Yeah. Uh, talked to Corey Zimney. Talked to Ryan Johnson mm -hmm. um, who's from the IPA. And I yep. talked to uh, Becky Bliss cool. who was talking about vestibular ocular. So yeah, oh, I mean nice. – the programming looked cool. I had never been to one. I talked to Michael Bowers who said if, nice if I guy. could su suggest one thing to do before you graduate, go to a local conference and go to a national conference, either student conclave or CSM. And I was trying to do the trifecta, do all three in one year. So I did the Virginia Physical Therapy Association annual national student conclave and hopefully I can get my butt to, um, to Anaheim, Anaheim for yeah. CSM. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who's on the fence? They're not sure if they want to go. Is it worth the money? Is it worth the time? Sure. Um, I would say, is it worth the money? Is it worth the time? I would say yes. If you are, if you're into that. I mean, I've got classmates who are PT students and like being around people, but they just don't like the conference atmosphere. I mean, you know. I mean, you've been you've been through undergrad. Whether or not you're, I mean, PT students are mainly go getters. And that's really what you see at CSM and National Student Conclave. You see the go-getters, people who want to just learn new stuff. And that's most PT students. But I, I would definitely say you get if you go to one, you'll get it. Just, just go to one. Find one that's close. The, the next conference bounces around. CSM bounces around. Conclave bounces around. Plan it out, though, because if it's close, you could take advantage of it. Um, you could drive and carpool and whatnot. But I mean, go to one at least just to know what we're talking about before you can say, ah, it's not for me. Because I, I think they're worth it, personally. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I've gone to, I don't know how many CSMs, lots, lots of yeah. CSMs. Um, and especially with uh, social media, if you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, or you're in some of these forums, like the, what is it, there's a student Facebook yeah. group. 
20,000 um, people in there. 20,000 people. At least, yeah. It's it's nice to get to know these people face to face and have some some real quality yeah. time with people. I think it's important. And it does. I whenever I go to these big conferences, I find that it energizes me, it gives me new ideas, it makes me um, certainly makes me want to push forward, whether it was a yeah. good experience or a not so good experience. You know, like you have a not so good experience with someone, write their name down and send them a thank you card in six months because you're so much better than the last time you saw them. Um, oh, that's great. Nice little piece of advice. But I find that, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoy going to them. I'm going to the PPS conference in like two weeks. And it's my first time going to this conference, so I think it'll be it'll be a little different. It's obviously all business centered, but I think it'll be fun. So I look forward to it. So what was what were some of the highlights for you of the National Student Conclave? Oh, uh, highlight maybe socially and from the programming. From the programming, crap, that's hard. Um, I liked they had a, a lecture series where each person was allowed, I think, twenty slides. And the slides were only up for 20 seconds. So they called it like Ignite. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't control switching the slides. The slides were just on a timer. And they had like Sharon Dunn. And they had Fred Gilbert, the outgoing uh, student president. And essentially it was cool to watch them kind of have to – they knew they were on the clock. And they were trying to make a point. You know, They were trying to hit that 20th slide and really make a point. So it was cool to see them – um, in kind of a pressure-filled atmosphere, like for good. We were having some fun. It was yeah. kind of like improv because, you know, if they lost their way and then the slide changed, they just kind of had to run with it. But they were all so well done. And I think that's sometimes where presenters, if they're listening, sometimes they get lost in, well, I've got to have so much information on my slide. No. I mean, Guy Kawasaki, who's a great speaker Absolutely. and an entrepreneur, is so like, look, if I charge you a dollar for every word on, on each slide, believe me, you put less words on there. And the best ones... Um, have just a picture to tell a story. And that's all you're doing is tell a story. Those were great. Uh, Corey, Becky, and Ryan, I was able to hear all them speak. Just really good. Just, I mean, the programming was good because they know to get students to to pay money when you're a student, you got to bring in some big guns. And and, and they did. And it was, it was pretty interesting. Socially, um, there was a PT pub night out there. And that's where I was able to grab the interviews with those three presenters I just mentioned. And that was on Friday night. So everybody kind of cruised to town on Thursday Friday was the first day of the conference, so this is the first night, and everybody just kind of let it out, and it was cool because it was like two blocks from the hotel where most people were staying, and you know everybody's got their uh, "Hello, my name is" sticker. Okay. We know we're all PTs, and we're wearing blinking, blinking, blinking red lights. They were handing out the uh, front door, and it was just cool to be like, "So where are you from, man? You know, where, where are you from? What do you do?" And to have that many people together, it's a cool conference environment, but also beer is a great social lubricant, so beer even is better. Good. Beer what are you drinking? Good. What are you drinking tonight? Yeah, so I should preface when I went on the PT Pinecast. Apparently, I'm the only loser that's been on there that wasn't drinking anything. <laughs> but that's because I usually don't drink in the middle of the week because I had to get up at like I have patient at seven in the morning or seven thirty right. in the morning. So I didn't want to be a double loser and not drink for this, even though I don't usually drink for my podcast. But I'm drinking a Flying Dog Pale Ale. Nice. That's usually the first question. I've kind of gotten into the rhythm of, so I you know, welcome people. I give it an yeah. intro. I, I give my tagline, which is uh, the best conversations happen in how, happy hour. Welcome to ours. And then I say the hardest question of the whole interview is the first one. What are you drinking? And tonight, I always try to have a different beer in each episode. Tonight, I'm doing the Dogfish Head 60-minute IPA. Oh, it, it's just giving me an excuse to try a bunch of different beers. Yeah, absolutely. For, I mean, for science. I, for science, exactly. For science and entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, I... Uh, have, this beer has probably been in my fridge for like at least a month. <laughs> um, and it was a six pack and I still have like two left. Nice. <laughs> so that shows how like little I usually drink. Um, uh, but I've also been on like a gin and tonic kick, which is so weird because it's such a summer drink and I don't know yeah. why I'm drinking it now. But anyway, um, back to the National Student Conclave. Yes, yes. So when you're an... When you were at, did it meet your expectations? Uh, yes, I, I mean I had been to two next conferences, so I was kind of experience. I, I was kind of looking for a next conference experience that I've done twice before, but just student focused and mm -hmm. filled with students, and and I got that, and I kind of like that because you know being a student, 
I kind of wanted to see, I, I, you know, I could bitch and gripe, oh man, do you guys have this too? And they'd say, oh yeah, well, how do you deal with it? I deal with this. Oh, I didn't think about that. So it really was exchange. I mean, a lot of this is happening in the hallways or over breakfast. This is, you know, not necessarily planned, but that's kind of why a conference is great. Get a bunch of people with a common interest and boom, cram them together. What do you get? Um, so magic. yeah, magic. Um, <laughs> so what, did it meet my expectations? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would recommend it definitely for a student. Like I said, go once. And I think most people who go once will want to go again. So uh, good to see a lot of first-year students out there because a lot of times first-year PT school, you just want to keep your head above water. So it was mm-hmm. good to see some students who are like, hey, I'm a semester, I'm a semester in, but I- I'm showing up. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, I applaud all of you guys for, for taking the time and furthering yourself and your career, even though the career hasn't technically started yet. But I think the career starts in college, personally. But yeah, um, and so that kind of leads me into the next thing I wanted to talk about. And he said, so you're a third year student. You're preparing for the end of your student life. So what are your feelings on ending your student life and going out into the workforce? This is a question that I typically ask on the podcast is, you know, advice from people who I'm talking to is, what would you recommend um, students do or how should we prepare? So I've gotten a lot of, in, you know, suggestions on how to do that. For me, I was given a suggestion by m- my advisor, who's now a chair of our PT department at Marymount, Sky Donovan. She said, just say yes as much as you can. I mean, if you see a presentation put on by your local chapter of the APTA, just go. It's free. Just go. I have no interest in, let's say you didn't like vestibular ocular, but that's what's being presented this month. Show up. If you learn one thing from what you showed up and to see, that's a win. And, you know, before and after, there's usually either just like a a couple of drinks or, you know, some social time. You're going to meet somebody and then you see that person down the road. Oh, yeah, I know that kid. He was kind of cool. And then, holy cow, you're there on an interview one day. And you, you see that person walk by in the hallway just before you walk in with the person who's interviewing you. Oh, I'm here to interview. Oh, my gosh, I remember you from that meeting. That, that helps. I mean, as big as PT is, it's pretty small. It's a small world. Small world. So yeah, show up. World. And that's what Yogi Berra said, right? 80% of winnings showing that's up. That's right. That's right. I think that's great advice. Just keep saying yes. I mean, so, I, I take that advice almost daily. You know, anything for me, sort of anything business related, I just say yes. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like you know, to, obviously not like crazy stuff, but right. We but, we get asked you know. to do like you know public service screens, local athlete, athlete screen, fall prevention screens, and you know we get asked a lot. But you know, say yes if you're free. If you're if you're gonna if you need to kill two hours, do it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna learn something. You might Absolutely. help somebody too, which is the point. Absolutely, yeah. the The only downside is like you said, if you're free. Go for it, but make sure you're not overextending no. yourself. But sure. as long as it's within your realm, like, yes, say yes, please. Go like Amy it. Poehler's book, yes, yeah. please. Um, and w- so what are you currently doing to prepare yourself for graduating? For graduating. So I've been doing this, and again, it was a suggestion of one of our professors was, you know, in PT school, we don't have a lot of time off, but if you have a day during the week where maybe you have a day off or during a break, which for some reason at Marymount as a Catholic school, I think our Christmas break is like six months long. Oh, I went to um, Catholic school. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. So is Easter break. You have spring yeah. break and Easter break. They're each like two weeks. It's fantastic. Huge. Yeah. So I usually get burned out after like a week. I'm like, all right, I need to do something. So I would just contact old CIs or, or maybe guest, guest lecturer professors from the area. And I would say, you mind if I just come follow you around for half a day? or just come peek in, would that, that be cool? I mean, that's great. I mean, what you just said is, hey, I, I respect you and I like you and I think you're smart and, and I would appreciate learning from you. And we're in PT. I mean, the, it kind of brings a certain person. You know, they're, they're educated, they're nice, they're smart, they're, they're welcoming, they're people, people. And so I've just kind of showed up. You know, I've you know, asked if it was okay and I've, they said, sure, come on by here and I show up. Um, inadvertently, uh, I started a podcast and that made me, uh, able to ask questions of PTs all, all across the country. And that's kind of been, um, just cool to open doors. But what that podcast has taught me is just ask. I mean, very few times has someone said no, if I've asked them, you know, respectfully and, and properly. So I, I would say, even if you don't have a podcast, just say, Hey, do you mind if I shoot you a couple questions? I see you're, I see you're an ac- expert on, uh, this technique. I just, would it be okay if I just asked you a question from time to time and very rarely I don't, would someone say no. Yeah, and I, that just kind of opens up doors. That's great. And where, what are your plans upon graduating? Do you I was ha- just 
just having this discussion today with a classmate like three hours ago. Do you have an idea of where you want to I be, mean, what you want to do, where you want to work? I think I'm going to stick geographically. I want to stick in the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. I'm a New York kid, lived in South Carolina for a couple years, lived in Pennsylvania for a couple years. Uh, I know. Um, D.C. is a cool area. I like it a lot. Um, it's got a lot to it, a lot going on. So I'll probably stick here geographically. In terms of setting, um, I don't want to be cliche, but I really do like sports. I do like orthopedics. I came in with an open mind, and now I'm taking neuro, and now I'm saying, oh, man, this is really cool too. But as I've learned from PTs and people I've interviewed is every ortho patient is going to have a nervous system and every, yep. you know, every, every TBI or stroke uh, patient, uh, they're going to have some orthopedic issues. So yeah. yeah, so find something. So I don't know. So my, I have two clinicals left and I hope that kind of helps solidify where I want to go. That's the thing with PT, you can go in so many different directions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you may graduate and think you want to go into one thing and then you do it and you're like, um... Change my mind. I think I changed my mind. I think I'd like that's, to do something else. And that's the best part about PT is because there you can there's so many options. You can go in so many different directions. Yeah. And that's why we study everything in school. Of course. So you you're not just shocked. So I'm like, why am I studying this? I'm just gonna be an ortho guy. And then oh yeah, need to know about the nerves and that brain, because the brain's kind of important. Kind of. Yeah. It it's thus far they have not figured out how to have that brain live by itself. Not yet. Not yet. It cannot. You cannot put it in a vat and call it a person. Yeah. So I, I'm yet. actually. I mean, the, the the kind of place I'm looking to work for, um, you know, PT is my second career. Did the radio thing first. So I'm, I'm, I'm better at not just trying to. I'm not trying to win a job. I'm not trying to be the guy who comes in first. I want to find a job that I match with, and I'm I'm eager to start. So I've been warned. Um, by some professors, there's some places out there that are going to pay you more, and there's a reason for it, and they're going to get it out of you somehow. Um, so make sure that you're interviewing the clinic as much as the clinic is interviewing you when you're looking for a job. So where I'm going to go, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you, nine, nine months and one week, I believe, we have left. Right. Not that I'm yeah. counting. Yeah, and I think that's great advice for anyone going out and interviewing for, the, for a job is to look at the the location as a whole not just what what are they going to pay you what are the benefits but what is the atmosphere what's the culture what are the people like because money's not everything yeah it, it can't helps. Be. And it, it, it helps it's, it's great but you know i mean I, when i started in radio this was 2001 i was in poughkeepsie new york and i was making fifteen thousand five hundred dollars a year working six days a week and i was working lots of hours six days a week i didn't care about the money um but you got to find something you love. But mm -hmm. make sure that thing isn't burning you out. So if you're pay getting paid a lot, a lot of money for your first job, they are probably going to be working you to death. So don't lose that love by getting burned out. Yeah, I agree. And that's great advice for any students. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so one more question about your life as a student, and then we're going to get to the pint cast. Hit me. But what has been your biggest challenge, challenges as a student? You know, maybe from first starting to the middle, now you're kind of at the end. What has been your biggest challenges and how did you overcome them? Wow. Um, biggest challenge, I think, is, is PT school is a lot like working at the post office. Um, you got to do something every single day. And if you, if you wait a day, the next day there's going to be twice as much work. You know, the work's, the work's not going to come in at half speed. So for me, it was you better get organized and make sure that you have a to-do list. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily the most organized person. So what I do is I'm always asking people, is there anything due next week? Don't ask, is there anything due tomorrow? Because that's too late. Right. What's due next week? So I, but I, I've gotten better throughout school because it forces you. You've got to be prepared. Boy Scout motto, you know, got the Boy Scouts uh, back in the day. Um, so being prepared was something that I knew I needed to do. I mean, I was able to, to pull off undergrad pretty well, but PT school is a different monster. You know, you got to be prepared. Um, and just the variety of stuff. I mean, you got from acute care to modalities to ortho to neuro. I mean, it's all interrelated, but some of it's kind of vast and some of it gets kind of, kind, kind of vast, kind, kind, kind of vast and kind of, kind of complicated. So make sure I worked ahead of time. I mean, I did the same thing with the podcast. I recorded a bunch of episodes in the summer and didn't start really releasing them until September because I knew school's going to come and you're going to get caught. I didn't want to have to rush an episode through. So making sure that you respect 
how fast and, and, and how, how difficult that the work is in PT school and don't turn your back on it because it'll sneak up and it'll catch you. It'll bite you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I'd say that was it. That and um, I like to talk everything out and not everybody, not all my classmates are appreciative of my study style, which is, all right, you explain it to me and then five minutes from now, I'm going to explain it to you and then we'll move on. And that's kind of how, you know, do one, you know, see one, do one, teach one. That's kind of how I like to do it. And I'm very, very tactile. I want to touch it and do it and move it. Um, but there's a lot of information. So doing that, you know, doing that for six hours can kind of get difficult. But yeah, that's I, how I, you got to figure out how you learn and do it. Absolutely. God, I remember those days um, with, I would usually study with like a couple of uh, friends of mine in my class. And God, we would be <laughs> so funny. So we, I would go to their apartment. And this was like my last year of PT school. And so they were soccer players. And one of our other friends who was also a soccer player but not a PT, he would just like come down the stairs and he would look at me and be like, you guys, my vestibular apparatus is really killing me. Can someone do something about that? And that was like because he knew no other anatomical term but vestibular yeah. apparatus and just kept like every Running single the time, ground. every time he would say that. I uh, I oh. I lucked out because I'm in I live in an apartment uh, not far from school so we can walk but I live in an apartment with three other PT students and we're all the same year so you know if I see them working really hard one night and I'm not I'm going wait a second isn't something due in two days and they go yeah so they kind of keep me accountable oh, nice. plus it's good to practice on each other yeah absolutely see I lived with I didn't live with any PTs all my mm-hmm. All my roommates were non-PTs, but it didn't mean I didn't practice on them, but they were non-PTs. So I was always sort of had to go elsewhere for my studying. Um, But, you know, it's over. And yours is almost over. And then you'll be super, you'll be super stoked that it's almost Almost. that it when, when you're done. It's so, it's so nice. And, you know, I just finished my DPT in December. So I Mm -hmm. just went back to school for two years. It's rough. It's It's rough. rough. I was like, what was I thinking? I don't know. Like, why did I think I can work full time and still do this? What was going through my head? It's voluntary, too. You volunteered. Voluntar- and I paid for it. Paid for it. Cash money. I didn't have my parents didn't pay for it. I had to pay for it. And you're working on your own. You couldn't really take a day off because you're, you know, no. one man band. Yeah. If I don't, if I take a day off, I don't get paid. So, and being is when you have to pay for school and like I wasn't about to take out a loan. Right. So I just paid for it. But it was. I'm very happy I did it. Good. People often ask, "Why would you go back for a DPT?" And I'm like, "Well, because I wanted to, and there's nothing wrong with that." Number one, and number two, I found great value to it. Great value. So I'm happy about it. What what did you go? What did you go through for the DPT? Because you're doing the transitional DPT. Right. I did. So what? What? What did they kind of focus on? What, What? What new stuff did you get to get? You know, we did, there was a great, like, integumentary class, a great wound care class, which was fantastic. And it's not that I see a lot of wounds, but I see post-surgical wounds. Sure. And I don't really see any, like, stage two, like, ulcers or anything like that, stage two, three, four. But I've just found that class to be fascinating. We did a cardiopulmonary class, which was awesome. Awesome cardiopulmonary class. And remember the one, the professor we had to do... She sort of threw this out the last week. She's like, oh, by the way, can you write up a case study exactly how it would appear in a journal with all your citations? So just look it up, find out exactly how it has to be done, and that's how you're going to hand it in. We were all like, what? Like, you're just throwing this on us? And so we had to pick a current or former patient of ours that had some sort of cardiovascular dysfunction. And I was like, God, I don't really have any. How am I going to? And so I said to the instructor, I'm like, I see mainly ortho. She's like, they've all got a lung and a heart, right? That's uh, that's from so, from that person's mouth to my professor's mouth. Every one of your patients is going to have at least one lung and definitely a heart. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh God, stupid. Of course. So it's so for me, I I I enjoyed it because I like writing up case studies. Like I'm going to put it into the journal, and I like reviewing um, research papers. And so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And we had to do a lot of. Like we had to meet with a nutritionist for our integumentary class to talk about how nutrition plays a role in wound care. Right. And the nutritionist that I went to is my cousin's wife, now wife, fiance at the time. 
and she is a nutritionist and a researcher at NYU, registered dietitian, sorry. We had to go to a registered dietitian, not a nutritionist. Um, And she came back with this amazing information. She's like, oh, I'll just get something little together. And it was like two page, like a full page worth of, of nutrition for people with, with wounds. And it's great. And, and I just, I feel like I got a lot out of it. So I was happy. I was happy that I did it. And, um, and I got to, I was in the same, the same group of girls were in the same each class, even though it was online. But we'd still do like we're doing now. We do Skype sessions, and we would still. So I still had that camaraderie, yeah, of um, of being in a classroom. People going right. through at the same time. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Okay, so enough about me. This is about you. <laughs> I'm interviewing. You. I know. Stop interviewing me. Sorry. Um, okay, so let's just go into the pint cast now. So that's a good transitional point, okay. I guess. So let's talk about the Pintcast, why, how that came about, and how you're enjoying it. So how did this come about? I mean, I know how, but... Yeah, so this is the kind of the spiel I give usually before I interview somebody, just so they kind of get on the same page like where I'm coming from. So went to the next conference two years ago as a first year and loved it. As I said, loved the, the conference environment. It's really, really cool. A bunch of like-minded people getting together and talking about the same stuff. And the next conference is not just for students, for uh, for PTs and, but students show up. So I was in a, a lecture about how to train the tactical athlete, how to train cops, firefighters, and special forces guys and I got the testosterone going I'm like oh yeah look at all these look at all these ropes they're climbing stuff I'm like this is great and uh, first year PT student like every third word is like buzzing high and wide right by me I'm like I'm gonna google that word later I don't it sounds good I don't know what it means so presentation ends and we go our separate ways and I was like well I got a little bit out of that but didn't understand all of it well fast forward five hours and we're at the at the bar and I'm two beers deep and in comes the guy who was on stage, but the tactical athlete guy. And he's standing there alone. I think, well, you know, I paid to be here. I drove all the way down to Charlotte. I'm going to get my money's worth. So I marched all the way up to him. I said, hi, I'm Jimmy. I'm a first year. I was at your presentation. It was great, but I didn't understand it. So he's like, all right, I don't know if that's a compliment or <laughs> not. I'm like, no, no, it sounded great, but I'm a first year. He's like, that's fine, man. Grab a stool and we'll go through it. And for the next hour, he pretty much held court. Started with just me explaining it to me, and then the rest of my classmates and some other students kind of moseyed on over and started listening to him. And he wasn't speaking to a room full of people. wasn't He wasn't presenting. He was just talking. And being a former radio DJ, I was a radio radio guy for about ten years before um, coming to PT school. I was a radio guy where you went to PT school in Northeast Pennsylvania. Yep, Scranton. Scranton, Scranton Wilkes Barre. Sorry, I don't want to leave out the Wilkes-Barre part. Can't leave out the Wilkes-Barre. So that part of my brain that kind of had that radio, radio, radio guy left in it kind of turned back on. And I said, this is a cool conversation because I understand everything. He's, sp- he's speaking right to me. And it's interesting. And that's kind of the formula for any good podcast or radio show um, is be able to understand it and have it be interesting. So I kind of said, wow, what if I had a microphone right here? students would die. I mean, look, students are kind of sneaking up and, and, and kind of just joining our conversation. What if I could record this? So the next get day, uh, I just kind of kicked the idea to a couple of classmates. And they're like, that's actually kind of cool. You could probably pull that off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with any good idea, you kind of you throw it out there and you see if someone can shoot enough holes in it where it sinks or it floats. And the next morning, even with the hangover, it still sounded pretty good. And a couple of weeks later, it still sounded good. And eventually, I entered a scholarship contest from this guy, these guys, uh, Next Gen Physical Therapy, and they were offering uh, a scholarship contest for just an idea, just an idea. I said, well, I got an idea. I'll write the idea down. So I made a little video about the idea, pitched it, wound up winning, and they're like, well, when does it start? And I was like, well, man, this was an idea contest. This wasn't a do-it contest. And they're like, we think the idea is good enough. We think you, should, we think you really should consider putting this on. So I wound up contacting six people on uh, Twitter. I jumped onto Twitter and just saw all the PT conversations that were going on. Who was kind of leading those discussions? Who was talking about stuff? I looked at people who already had their own podcasts, who were already talking. So I started listening to those things and said, okay, who, who would be fun to talk to? Who sounds like they've been doing this long enough where I'd be able to, to kind of tap in and kind of grab some ideas from them? So I talked to, talked to you. I talked to Ben Fung. I talked to Gene Sharakabrad from Therapy Insiders, Jerry Durham, Eric Mera from uh, PT Inquest. Um, and I just put together six interviews and then put them out. And the response we got was, was pretty cool. 
um, you know, students and, and PT. I thought it would just be um, heard by just students. I figure students would just listen to this and that's it. But I'm getting clinicians and, and, and professors and researchers going, hey, I want, I want to talk. And I'm getting people saying, hey, I've got a buddy. You should definitely talk to this guy about this. And they're not students. I mean, students are there, but a lot of them are practicing PTs. So I turned to my classmate. I'd love to say I did this single-handedly, um, but, but I didn't. Um, my classmate, Tom Stormer, he is the tech guy, and he's the guy who keeps me on track. I'm, I can be a little scatterbrained sometimes. And he's the guy always saying, Jimmy, focus. And I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it. So Tom Stormer, my advisor, Sky Donovan, uh, classmate, Michelle Bamia, classmate, Rachel Culver, uh, my roommate and classmate, uh, Matt Barrick, all just pitch in and, uh, and just help us out. And we just kind of share the load. I mean, I'm the guy on the microphone, which is great, but they're the guys who, who still make it work as well. So there's no such thing as single-handedly uh, doing something like this. Not, not when we're doing it in school, especially. So we share the load, except for Karen. Karen is single-handedly taking over the world. Yeah, right. I'm actually, I need someone. So if you know anyone that wants to work on a podcast, let me well, I'm know. Graduating. I'm graduating soon. Let me know. I'll kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, the first part-time work. Let me know because I need, uh, I, I need some help. But anyway, this is not like, it's not, I'm not running a Craigslist ad here. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the story. Yeah. So we launched it and we had a pretty good response and I think we got like 10,000. great response. It wasn't pretty yeah. good. I think it was great. We uh we liked it and 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 so people keep asking me like you know well, what are you gonna do you graduate in like in nine months what are you gonna do I'm like why are you always ask already asking me when I'm gonna end well, it why is can't that the you bad just, song? why can't you continue it and that's and that's the idea I said there's two stipulations about this podcast am I learning something am I having a good time if I'm doing both of those things then I'll keep doing it I mean yeah you know, and we've talked about a, that before yeah that's yeah. it that's all I'm looking for and we started by writing down a bunch of a um, bunch of topics. Um, so Jerry Durham was kind of like the, the business and customer experience guy. You were brought up because of pain. Um, ben Fung was, was really funny, did a Q&A session. Uh, Cookie Friedhoff Bowman was my first interview. She talked about residencies and fellowships. So it was kind of like we said, here's a topic, now let's find a person. And then once I realized that um, it should be the other way around. So then I just found people that were already having conversations on Twitter. I said, Hey, would you like to talk? And their first question was, well, they say, sure. I say, what do you want us to talk about? I said, whatever inspires you, because if you're inspired, it's going to be a good story. That's all I've got. I'm just going to ask a question, then shut up. And that's kind of how we rolled. So we've been having, we're having fun and we're learning stuff. So we're still going. Great. And what, so you're learning stuff. So my question is, since you've started the podcast and you're talking to all these different people from, are you all over the world or have you been um, all the, over the country? I think the only guy who's international uh, was Scott Epsley, who's an Aussie. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I've got some people from Ireland lined up. We've been heard in 21 countries, mm -hmm. but um, I'm talking to an uh, Irish PT who works with a soccer team, over, or sorry, oh, cool. football team over football, there. Football, right. Football. And cool. um, getting some listens out there. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to people from around the world. Yeah, I think it's, it's fun. Cool. So, what do you, how do you feel doing the podcast has changed your student life and perhaps your your thought processes with your different classes yeah asking similar but not the same questions to different people and kind of seeing a pattern either a lot of people think the same way or a bunch of people have different opinions um, makes me feel better about um, approaching one thing the same way so for instance, if you and I walked in to see a patient and we did, we were given the same exact information and we did two totally different things, in school, one of us is going to pass the test and one of us is going to fail the test because the, the question was written to have an answer. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing I found out from the podcast is I can ask the same question and get 10 totally different answers from 10 totally different PTs and they can all be right answers. Everybody passes the test because as Scott Epsley said in his episode, you, you find your own paradigm. Don't figure out how I'm going to do it. I'm Scott. You're Jimmy. How, how's Jimmy going to do it? But start, you know, start with a good approach. Start with the foundations, which is what you learn in PT school, and then you can kind of see your own patterns and you can have your own approach. And it's not a it's not a pass fail. It's not you know an A A or an F. It's my approach and Karen's approach and Scott's approach. So that's one thing that has actually made me feel better about school is because. Man, there's so many questions that we're going to be able to be asked on this MPTE, and you know, so many things that are going to come up. But just go back to those foundations. You know, talk to to a guy named Nelson Min from uh, Bodies in Motion here in DC area, and he's like, "Man, just 
just have your own approach, but the foundation, you already have the tools, you know the answers because you learned them in PT school. That's, you had to or you wouldn't have graduated. Um, so he's like, go back to those foundations and you'll, you'll find the answer. So that's, that's kind of the one thing that's made me feel at least more confident, maybe sleep a little bit better at night, is knowing that it's not just one answer once I graduate. Now, until I graduate, i got to get the dang question right. But once I get out, I can kind of use my foundations that I learned here in PT school and just kind of take them on. I think that's great. And I think that's great advice for any student that's listening or any PT that's listening. Um, and how do you feel doing all these interviews has enhanced you as a person? Because I, I mean, I find, I mean, obviously I haven't answered this, but I, I would like to hear yours. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting input from so many different people. I mean, the, the, the easy answer would be like, well, now I know a bunch of really super smart people. Um, but you can too without a podcast that's going to a conference, that's going to a chapter event. You don't have to fly to, you know, CSM, although maybe you should, because it would, it, it, that's, that's kind of a, a, a chapter conference. As everybody says, it's the Super Bowl of conferences in PT. That's what you want to see. But, um, you know, PT is a small world and talking to some of these people, um, you, you just get really good ideas. And that's another thing about PTs is they're, they're not really hiding. They're not keeping this information to themselves. Most of the time, if you ask somebody a question, they're going to give you a really great answer. Prepare yourself for a 10-minute answer because it could come because they're going to want to talk. They're going to want to impart that, that information. Um, so I've just been enhanced by being able to ask questions of people who are in the field right now and doing great things. I mean, selfishly, I get to ask whatever question I want. And they answer it. So I, my only thing is I hope I'm asking the question that most of the audience want, you know, wants to hear the answer to. Um, but that's why I just ask the questions that I'd want an answer to. And my fingers are crossed that everybody likes, likes the questions I pick. But I'm, I'm just picking people who have a passion. And if you find somebody that has a passion, man, they're going to have a story to tell. Yeah, and do you feel like it's made you maybe more patient and more curious just about things around you in general, not even just PT, yeah. not even just the PT world, but more curious about life and kind of what you feel like you need to explore as a person? Yeah. Um, you and I had talked about this uh, after your interview, and I picked it up kind of in radio. If you're doing an interview and you're doing mo most of the talking, if you're the interviewer and you're talking a lot, you're doing a bad job. So you, you get the person who's on and you get them talking about something they're passionate about, like me with school or podcast, and then you just let them go because that's the idea. Um, so yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely taken that approach to meeting people at National Student Conclave. You know, I, I, I would day-to-day -day a, a girl who was a TV news reporter for a while, and she hated, she hated when I went out. So of course, she's critiquing my, my social skills. We'd be at a bar, we'd meet someone, and my first question always is, so where are you from? I picked it up from my dad, and she hated it. She's like, but that's not a question that gets you anywhere. And, I, and she's a professional news reporter. She asks questions for a living. And I said, I disagree. I think that's the question that gets me everywhere because it starts – I just want to know about you. It sets the tone for the interview. Like, so where are you from? What do you do? What's your? I also like the question in radio. My question would be, so what's your thing? And people would be like, I don't understand the question. I just repeat it. Well, what's your thing? And what I'm looking for is you to answer and tell me. Oh, I, really, I love skiing. Okay, you might be an orthopedic surgeon, but you told me you love skiing. So skiing's your thing. So I'll go in this way first. So you open the door, I'm going to follow. So that's kind of taught me how to talk to people at a PT you know, uh, pub night. Just lead with that. Are you curious about this person? If so, meet them, meet them on their ground and just say, so where are you from? What's your thing? Yeah, and you know where that comes in really handy, even for your work life, is when you meet your patient and you do your yeah. initial evaluation, your initial intake, that's a huge, you can learn so much about the person, about what's going on with them from that. And it's a great skill to have. And you're, so you've sort of learned how to hand over the reins to someone, yet have enough confidence in yourself to steer the conversation and pull back when necessary. Yeah. So it's it's a great skill to have it and it's it's not it's something that not everyone has. Yeah, more more than one person I've talked to on my podcast, yourself included, has said, um, "Listen, listen a lot to your patient. Ask a question and then let them. They're going to tell you the answer. They don't know it, 
but listen. You know, my I had a, a clinical instructor from this past summer. Uh, I'm just going to throw her under the bus, Kim Morzinski. She was fantastic, and she really listened. She paid attention. You know, in the first couple evals I did, you know, I'm I'm just deer in headlights. I'm just trying to make sure I don't hurt anybody. And uh, I'd go to write up the uh, the eval, and she'd say, "Well, didn't you hear him say this?" I'm like, "Honestly, Kim, I was just trying to make sure I wrote down the right, you know, elbow left or right." And as I watched her do more and more evals, I'm like, "Oh, there! She already knows the answer before she touches them. Mm-hmm. She's just gonna confirm the answer once she once she does the the objective." So she was great in that, in terms of letting making sure I listened. Yeah, and you know, because when you're doing your subjective interview, from that you're forming your hypothesis. And then from that hypothesis, you're either confirming or denying it. And then you can easily uh, get that differential diagnosis by whatever, if you want to do a special test or you're doing looking at them functionally or range of motion, strength, what have you. But you form your hypothesis from the interview and then you do your objective exam to confirm or deny that hypothesis. And yeah, I, I think I, I it's, a great, it's a great skill to have. So good, good for you. Plus, I mean, you know, I think it was Jerry Durham who had said it. I mean, some of these interviews just blend together with the advice that I'm getting, but I'm just mm. glad to hold on to the advice is that um, that's one thing that sets PT apart from a lot of other healthcare providers is the amount of time, you know. I, could, I couldn't tell you uh, the eye color of my physician. Just can't because he's in and out. Um, but, yeah, when I went to PT, I knew – his kids' names, and you know, I knew where he went to, where he went to undergrad, and what football team he liked because I spent a lot of time. And I bet you the PT can say the same thing about each and every one of his patients. If, if I think if he's a good PT, yeah, I agree. I agree. We're, I mean, we're we're fortunate enough and lucky enough that we get to spend actual time yeah. with each one of our patients, and that's a gift, and it should I be can... treated as such. I agree. So. All right. Well, I feel like this is probably longer than two of your pint casts put together here. <laughs> it's been a long talk. Um, but what would you like to leave the audience with after all of this? Some Oof. sort of pearls of wisdom to finish pearls off. Of, pearls of pearls or, of wisdom, or, or a pearl doesn't have to be a pearl, pearl. of wisdom from from a student. Is uh, yes. I've heard this from a lot of PTs. Is 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 be that lifelong learner. I mean, as 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 good as you think you are, you know. My my dad taught me this when I started playing golf at like age eight. You know, as much as you think you know, you can always pick one more thing up. So, I try not to be closed minded. You know, I try to I try to say I don't care that this person is you know ten years younger than me. My roommates are ten years younger than me because I'm the old guy in PT school, and these guys know so much. So I'm like, just be open minded because someone else is going to know one thing, and if you can pick that one thing up, you're going to be a little smarter today than you were yesterday. So that lifelong learner, and we're just kind of imprinted with that in PT school is keep learning. I think that's a great pearl of wisdom to all end right. the conversation with. So thank you so much for taking all of this time out of your your PT school schedule. I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.